Welcome, welcome, welcome. Finally, our diaries have aligned. We've put new projects on hold to bring you something new, something bold, and something you absolutely need. The three wise women are here to talk about all those topics that create such controversy and have polarizing views. We are here to ask the question, why? So we are here. This is the very first episode of Three Wise Women. And we have got the topic to end all topics to kick off what is going to be this just groundbreaking podcast show. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let one of my co-hosts tell you. So Rini and Eloise, I'm throwing open the doors to you. Rini, as it's her (laughs) special subject. So here we are. It's 2023. And this topic is still such a topic of shame and stigma. We are, of course, talking about periods. Well, from my point of view, I put a post out a couple of weeks ago um, about Emma, uh, the triathlete, who was shown to quite visibly have a period um, during her race. And I was just discussing it completely innocently in terms of, you know, one, how great it was that an athlete at that level actually has a period, because as you all both know, it's a big part of my day-to-day work, um, helping women get their periods back. But also just discussing the fact that, you know, actually, why was it such a shock? Why was it that there was so much controversy around blood being visible? And I was really surprised by the responses. Majority were very, very supportive. But there were definitely a handful who just kind of threw me a little bit. Like, one telling me I was being quite woke, which I found quite insulting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I found that really (laughs) insulting. Someone told you you were being being woke for a post about... Yeah, I was being wokish because, you know, at the end of the day, a period is a natural part of a woman's body. So why should we be proud of it? Why should we be celebrating it? Um, And I was a little bit like, I was quite confused, I'll be brutally honest. Um, So I just thought, you know what, we have to have this conversation. We have to, it's 2023 people. Like, we have to have this conversation. So I guess like, like, Sab, Eloise, What's your thoughts? Like, tell me about your period stories. Remind, remember, go back to that that fateful day. I'm putting it fateful day, but that day when it all changed, we become women. Tell me about your story. When you came women. Yeah. Um, I'll go first then. So I remember it so vividly because not long before, I, so I had my period, I, I guess quite young. So I was like 10 when I started having my period. Um, I, you know, I was an early developer and, and I, I think six months before we'd had, you know, the period talk Mm. at school, you know, the video, um, showing like the, 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 the illustrated diagram of like how you put a tampon in and, and, and it was the boys, I can remember the boys in the class being like really, oh my God, this is sick. This is disgusting. You know, laughing and the girls being just like mortified that kind of almost boys could see how they were going to have to like insert tampons into their vaginas. And 
I remember like the day it happened, I was like went to the toilet and noticed these like brown spots. I was like so scared. I was so worried. I like didn't know. I had the little pack that was given to me at school with like tampons and like little um, light pads that take like a light period and like a how to. But I was still so scared because I was like, my first thought was like, oh my God, I could have a baby. Mm. That was like the first thought was like, my body is like, I could have a baby. And I still felt like a child myself. So I was really lucky. I went to my mum and told my mum and she was really good. Like she, she like helped me and showed me what to do. And I think she said like the immortal line that mothers like think, but maybe don't say, which is my baby's not a baby anymore, (laughs) you know, but but yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was a scary time. And, and a lot of my friends hadn't and didn't have their period for years. So I felt, again, very alone in my peer group. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, Elo- Eloise, your, your story, similar? Yeah, mine was, mine was a bit later. I was more like, I think, 14, maybe, maybe 13, probably 13, actually. Um, I actually don't actually remember much about it, to be honest, but I do remember like being in pain like one day and being like, why I've got terrible back pain. Why does my stomach hurt? I don't understand. Like, this is really weird. And then my period coming on after that. And then obviously that happening every month, which I used to curse and understand, like, why is this happening to me? Like, why am I in so much pain? (laughs) Like, what did I do to be in so much pain all the time? Um, and obviously being associated with my period, which I obviously understood, but I also, no one tells you, they tell you about the symptoms that could happen, but no one prepares you for that. No one prepares that everyone's different. Like some of your friends will have it for two days. We will be bleeding for two days. I was bleeding for seven really heavily and in a lot of pain. Like no one tells you about that. They just say 28 day cycles. You've done your, as you said, your period talk and you're not really that equipped. Like, we didn't have the school tampon, tampon give out. <laughs> we didn't have that. And so it was sort of, yeah, it was, it was just, I guess, a weird time and it's sort of uncomfortable and you you do feel dirty like you're young and you you sort of haven't quite obviously because it's just started understood that this is this is part and parcel of being a woman part and parcel of life and it's it's an okay thing it's what 50 percent of the i think 51 percent of the population as long as they haven't got any um contraception will have it or haven't got issues so it's it is a very normal thing yet it does feel weird and i just remember feeling very mm. very bizarre um I guess that's my first first experience in it, and also, yeah, it was just it's just very different, wasn't it? Yeah, when you're younger. I mean, my experience was, I mean, talk about shame. This was my experience. So, bearing in mind, you know, I come from an Indian family, and my mum was, I mean, I think bless her, she was squeamish about everything, and, you know, did not prepare her children for anything when it came to being a woman when it came to talking about sex like couldn't bear speaking about any of these things um so I remember I was 13 and a half and majority of the girls um in my class had actually started so I was fairly late from that point of view um although not in the grand scheme of things and I remember like you guys um yeah went to the bathroom and there it was and I was like oh my god oh my god uh And of course, like you would, I went to my mum and my mum's reaction wasn't quite what I had hoped for. My mum's reaction was, 
oh my God, you must be thinking about boys. This is why your period has started so early. And I was absolutely mortified. Oh like proper, I mean, obviously you can tell. It, it, is, it has fundamentally scarred me for life, that, that, that moment. And I remember it so clearly and just feeling like, oh my God, I'm such a disappointment. So instead of like a time where I, you know, as you've both said, it's very confusing, it's very scary, but I was then also thrown into this, oh my God, I've done something wrong. I've done something wrong. This is, yeah. this is terrible. Mm -hmm. I've brought this on. And so for me, there was huge shame. And, and we know that actually when it comes to certain countries, like particularly like um, countries like India, it is seen as a massive shame. You know, in some places, women are put in a room, aren't they, for 10, 10 days to, to kind of not be touched and not be left out um, in, in the world because it's seen as a, as a time where that woman mm. is not clean. Um, so that whole aspect of not being pure came into it for me. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things that I can... I do get why people think it's shameful. Obviously, I now work in the field of, well, not quite periods, but obviously I work in the, the field of female health and I'm always talking about periods and always trying to help women to get their periods back and, you know, talking about hormones and, and sex and, and reproduction and all those different things. But it's really weird that my start, and and I think it probably had quite a lot to do with the fact that, you know, actually I only had three periods before I lost them so there's a lot sort of tied in with with that first experience on that I've got a question wow. for you Rini in terms of your experiences mm. and I guess culturally why do you think then I guess is it we're not as as females as young young females young women are we not like given the tools to help develop our I guess attitudes towards them or from the start feeling open? What do you think it is? Do you think it's more societal, cultural, or just the current, I guess, education system? Like, what what have you found, when, especially working with clients with your think, own experiences? I think That'd it's all of those, to be honest. Like, mine definitely was a cultural thing. That said, like Sab, I mean, the films and the information that the school had provided just terrified me anyway. Um, and actually, I was at... Um, I was at Love Trails Festival and talking <laughs> about periods. And, um, you know, I put the first question I put out there was like, what's your first uh, education around periods? What did you, you know, what, can you remember what you first thought? And all the women were like, we were just told it was painful. We were just told it was a pain in the ass. We were just told it was something that we had to endure, you know? Yeah, always convenient, Exactly. Right? <laughs> and so if we start, you know, if we start with that, like... If that's what we're educating young women before they even, you know, before they even get their period. I mean, let's face it, humans are terrible with uncertainty at the best of times. And so you're then talking about something that's going to happen to you. You have no time frame on when it's going to happen to you. It's just going to happen at some point. And your brain is just going into like, it might happen here and it might do this and I might feel like this. Yeah. It's, it's really terrifying. So... You know, no. I feel like we culturally, society, societally, we really need to change the way we're talking about periods because actually when you strip it all back, periods are a barometer of health, right? They are something that all women 
should have. They're, that's what we're kind of weirdly on this planet for, is to reproduce. And they are a sign that we have a healthy body. We have enough energy to mm. basically, if we were to fall pregnant, to maintain a pregnancy and give birth to another life. That's that's what it's about. And, you know, but there's so much more to having a period, especially when it comes to sport. And that's obviously where my work comes in is that you know actually having that regular cycle is really important for our performance for our mood for our cognitive function and and significantly for our balance which again a lot of women don't realize and so you know someone like myself who works in in ballet for example it's one of the biggest messages I'm always teaching the the ballet dancers is that we need that monthly cycle because that's what's going to help you go on point that's going to help you with your pirouette, right? It's it's a really important aspect mm -hmm. of of your overall health and performance. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. It's like my first experience, I guess, with not having a period when I when I lost it was the doctors being like, "No, it's normal because you're an athlete." And now, with the education, obviously, working with you, Rini, and obviously, times have slowly changing. There is still quite a lot of the old-fashioned mentality, which deeply irritates and makes me very cross but it's that like now it is your superpower like I generally feel especially as an athlete like I actually feel really good for the first two weeks of my cycle I feel really strong and it's that also it's every every month I see it as a you've given your body what it needs you are healthy you're now getting adaptions and you're actually stronger because of it and this is a massive change in my mentality and actually when I speak to other athletes it's the same it's sort of some athletes obviously are still a bit more in the dark about it, a bit more like what what, what are its benefits, do I need it, all these things. But in terms of, for me, as you say, it's that this is a practical gauge my body's working. And also it gives me, gives me a lot of confidence that I don't fear like if I have a niggle in my foot because I'm actually training a lot, this is not going to be a detrimental might not be a detrimental illness because I actually I'm I'm healthy this is just training it'll adapt do your rehab whatever it's going to be okay it, this, it sort of gives me a lot of confidence and then again it's sort of being able to talk about it with my coach talk about it with professionals I work with it's that this is just part of the performance as well and if you don't have these basic metrics whether you have an aura ring a whoop or a <laughs> whatever actually a period is one of the best the best ways to know that you're you're doing something right and you sh we should all take confidence that and I feel a lot of people don't either say that or don't don't express that which I find bizarre especially when it comes to performance sport yeah definitely I mean I there's so there's so much that you've both said there and I think that there's a couple of things that came up for me as you were talking about that and I and I know that and I want to talk about vulnerability around, you know, I was, um, you know, I had my period early. I was an early developer. And I can remember when I was having my period when I was still young and other friends weren't. I felt really vulnerable because I, I know the boys who could see that my breasts were growing, that my hips were taking shape, you know, that I was basically having a period as well. You know, I would, I would have bad period pains. I can remember walking around school just holding my stomach and, you know, boys teasing, saying, oh, she's got a period period she's got period pains and stuff but I felt really vulnerable about about like being that girl mm -hmm. that girl with the bigger boobs that girl with the rounded hips that girl that's got a period that girl that might be seen as like fair play when actually from an emotional point of view 
I still felt like a little girl. It was such a weird place to be. And I think that that's what, as a mother, as, as a mother to three girls, yeah. that's something that I've been really, really conscious of is that when each of them's got their period, that like, yeah, this is a natural part of your body doing what it needs to do. But ultimately, I still appreciate that you still could feel or, or do feel like still a child in this yeah. you know and 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 as a mother I need to I need to ensure that any vulnerabilities you feel about your changing body and mind that I'm using my experience in order to give you the best experience that I possibly can and on secondary to that what I wanted because you know we're hoping to get listeners across the board on this podcast and I want to come to what you'd said Eloise and and maybe really in your expertise this is where you can help where Eloise talked about the different phases of our cycle can you just give anyone listening a, a, a kind of overview and of course we we can't go into massive depth here and there's lots of books and and writings and content that you've got out there really but but what are the phases of our cycle in terms of it's you know when it comes to sport or just living a emotionally and physically healthy like that we should be aware of as, as as people having periods yeah of course I mean so I am going to use the standard 28 day cycle but to be very clear very few women have a 28 day cycle it's just what's used in textbook but a normal cycle is anything from 23 days to 35 days so whatever yours is that's fine as long as it's fairly consistent. So we're not talking about like, you know, one month it's 29 days, the next month it's 31 days. That's absolutely fine. But if suddenly it goes from 29 days down to 23 days, then that's when we have to be a bit more mindful and think, oh, what could be causing that? What What's the reason for that? Um, so if we talk about the menstrual cycle, the so day one is the first day of your menses this first day you you bleed basically and actually that first couple of weeks before we ovulate again is fairly stable for most women just because hormones tend to be on the lower side generally so we have kind of four main hormones in yeah. in play shall we say so we've got what's called um fsh so your follicle stimulating hormone lh which is your luteinizing hormone estrogen and progesterone and most of these are fairly low particularly that first week and then as that first week kind of passes, FSH starts to rise because it's basically preparing itself for follicles to be released so that we can basically prepare for our next cycle. And then as, as FSH rises, LH also rises and it's LH that is responsible for ovulation to occur. And if ovulation occurs, and sometimes we get what's known as non-ovulatory cycles. So sometimes, particularly if we are... Um, going through perimenopause or if we are uh, you know physically very active and not quite getting the balance between energy intake training intensity training volume quite right then we might not ovulate so in a normal cycle if we ovulate then what happens is we produce something called the corpus luteum which then starts to produce um, progesterone so in this phase, post-ovulatory, which is known as the luteal phase, your sort of second half of your cycle, this is when, if you are going to notice sort of symptoms of irritation, um, sort of more kind of 
variation in your training, sort of fluctuations to your mood, high temperature changes, like increased sweating, possibly poor sleep. These are all related to these high levels of estrogen and progesterone, but particularly progesterone that's pretty dominant in this phase. And often women who are very sensitive to progesterone or those women where progesterone can rise very, very high and then drop very, very rapidly before menses starts again. These are the women that will often notice some of the more extreme sort of symptoms associated with having a period. So more of those kind of changes in mood um, and possibly like real changes in fatigue and, and cravings as well. And that's the thing, like we are all so different and there is no one size fits all. So we can give some very general guidance like we've just talked about, but the reality is as women, the best way to understand your body is to understand, is, to, is, is basically to understand your own body, which is to track your own cycle and track yeah. your own sort of responses. And, and over time, you might start to see sort of uh, variations and changes. So I think like Eloise and I had this conversation uh, a few weeks ago, like, I really struggle the two days before my period is due. Like I am exhausted. My training's usually rubbish. I can't breathe. Um, yeah, and, likewise. Yeah. And then, but then with Eloise, you're like, literally as soon as you get your period, you feel better. And, and sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It, it sort of, it depends. And I think that's the other thing to sort of talk about is that there's so many lifestyle factors that also influence our hormones and our period. Yeah. So, you know, when, when ugh, there's so many people talking about training around your menstrual cycle and how to eat around your menstrual cycle. And it's like, mm. it's all bollocks people because fundamentally. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. I was hope I was either hoping that you, I was so either hoping you said that or that you'd say, and this is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Isn't there like seven studies and it's like two are for it, two are against and one's neutral or something yeah, like ridiculous. But it doesn't add up. It's just but it's ridiculous. I think the thing is, is that we're all different. So we can't say, you can't say that on yeah. day seven, you must eat X because we don't know, basically. And it's impossible. Like we just mm. said, it's so difficult to um, find women with exactly the same length cycle, with exactly the same lifestyle. <laughs> like it's really difficult. And it's also one of the reasons why there's so little scientific evidence out there. You know, like we know that, scientific evidence in women is really low anyway like only six percent of studies done particularly in sport and women is there's only six percent studies available Shocking, which really. is horrific <laughs> but you know of those studies it's actually quite difficult to to kind of make sure everything is standardized so i always say when i'm working with people is track your own cycle and track your own symptoms and be mindful if you are having a very stressful period of time at work um, or you're not sleeping very well, then actually that may also influence what's going on with your cycle. You may notice that actually when you have poor sleep and you are stressed at work, your cycle symptoms are worse, for example. Um, whereas, you know, when life feels a little bit more manageable to often when we go on holiday and you know, we're, we're a bit more relaxed and we're sleeping more and we, you know, we, we can be more mindful about our choices hour per hour. We probably find that we have the least problematic cycles. So I think it's a very difficult one 
you know, I get quite annoyed when I see so much information on social media, people saying that, you know, you must do this and you must. There are definitely certain nutrients we should be eating more and less of at certain kind of points. So things like, you know, iron is really important, particularly in those early couple of weeks, because if you have high losses, you want to be replacing them. And we know that B vitamins can be specifically very, very helpful in the luteal phase, sort of in those final couple of weeks in terms of sort of helping with mood particularly and managing fluctuations in blood sugars for example so there are some nutrients that absolutely have a place but there's no way that we can say you should train like this on this day and eat like this on this day because we don't have the evidence yeah it's funny you say that um but yeah like it's that the one thing i'm quite open about my coach as well is like when it's sort of training is going well, we talk about, is it, do you think it's hormonal or is like, if I'm getting like, I suffer in the heat a lot, I'm not very good at heat. I have to do proper heat adaption. And often I'm even worse at the end of my cycle. And it's understanding, I guess, those, and also not blaming it, I think as well. And sometimes it's not that, like sometimes there's no reason for it to be hormonal at all. It is, maybe it's stress at, in your home or stress at work. It's that, I think everyone so wants that answer, right? And they, whether it's, what to eat or what to do or what to train and actually month on month I am very different and but there are sometimes it does lead to yeah okay that could have been a factor I don't think it was it but it was a factor or yeah this time I had a bit more stomach pain than I usually do which was off-putting but again it's that I don't I'm a strong believer and I think that's where women I think are incredible is at every point in your cycle I believe we can perform and it's understanding your cycle, Irini, you might hope you agree with this, but it's understanding you and also testing things and seeing what helps you and what doesn't. And we are personal. And I think it's okay to discuss that with other people, get ideas from other people, but also like anything, it's really, really be, I guess, open-minded about it and be curious. Um, and I think because people necessarily in the public don't talk about periods that much or don't, it's a taboo to say I tried this or I did that or I was hot because I was on my period people see it as an excuse or whatever and actually why can't we discuss it why can't we try it why can't we like be open-minded and curious and I think that's one thing as an athlete I've learned to be across everything so I feel like I hope you guys agree I don't know if is that something you can relate to I mean I think that it was when you were just talking about um you know, talking about periods and talking about what works for us. I, it, it, I was laughing to myself because it made me remember a conversation I had when I used to use moon cups. Oh, yes. Now, anyone that hasn't used a moon cup, a moon cup is kind of almost, like, I, I wouldn't describe it as a plastic, but almost like a jelly mold that looks like a little cup that, you know, rather than using tampons or, or towels, you kind of insert it into your vagina and it kind of collects the blood and then you kind of pull it out and... Anyway, <laughs> I remember talking to a girlfriend about a really bad experience I'd had with a moon cup on a heavy period in a public toilet, and it was like massacre people. <laughs> it, it looked like someone had. Yeah, I was. It was. It was. Using a cup for ages, so now I'm like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty. I mean, it was. It was. It's natural, and there was, you know, there was a lot of blood. It was a heavy period, but. You know, it was it was difficult to manage. And I remember I thought I was just talking to kind of like my friend about it. And I remember just kind of finishing the conversation, then looking around and the looks of horror, you know, 
fear from women and men alike who were listening into the conversation. I was just like, wow, like, you know, it's the it's the 2000s people. And like, you're looking at me as if I've just, I've just, you know, strung up a, a kitten or something like that. Um, why is that? Why is there still such fear around using the word vagina or I'm bleeding or blood or I've got my period or does anyone have a tampon that I can borrow? There's still this, there's still this fear around it. I don't understand No, it. you're right, actually. When, we, when I was in Nepal earlier this year, I remember it was like day two. So, you know, none of us really got to know each other very well. But like one of the women was like going around, like asking all the women, like really like, like whispering, have you got, have you got a tampon? Have you got a tampon? And I'm like, bloody hell. Like, you know, there's 50% women here. Let's just, has anyone got a tampon people? Because we, you know, someone Why needs it. it. Like it's, <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Why is it that we, such a good question, Sab. Why, why are we so shy about talking about it? And I think obviously, you know, again, depending on your experience, like obviously I've been very open about my first experience of having a period and, and how there was so much shame attached to it. Um, and it's taken me a very long time to, um, to not feel shame. I think really having my own girls and obviously having to prepare them for periods and not wanting them to feel like there was something wrong with them or or like there's there's anything even to be fearful of when it comes to having a period like yeah it's it's you know it is something that is 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 unknown and, and obviously anything unknown can can generate fear but it's not something we should be fearful of right like that's that's kind of what I wanted to prepare my mm. girls for um and I remember like bless them both my girls unfortunately one of them got their period when I I mean both of them got them when I was away but because I'd prepared them and obviously my younger daughter had had her older older sister anyway for sort of support they they just got on with it and you know we, we talk about it obviously quite openly and, and as women who lived in this who you know we don't all live in the same house now but you lived in the same house like it was often like we were always on at the same time and and it was kind of something that we almost oh, laugh yeah. about like oh god all right here we go let's make sure we've got the we got we've got all the all the provisions in <laughs> it's three of us now um but yeah I think yeah. it's it's a good question and I you know I think it's so important to have this conversation. And I hope that we get both men and women listening to this because again, yes. you know, a few weeks ago I did a talk down in pool and it was really great. Um, I was talking to actually young athletes about the importance of periods and actually how it's not okay if you don't have a period as an athlete and the, you know, a lot of them had their male coaches with them. And I was saying like, it's really important that male coaches feel confident and comfortable to be able to have a conversation with their athletes about periods. It's so important. And, you know, a lot of the coaches were like, well, but how do I bring it up? Like it's, you know, they, they seem mortified when we talk about it. I said, the more we do it, the more we make it mainstream. It's like anything, isn't yeah. it? The more we talk about it, the more we make it mainstream. Yeah. And so we need more podcasts like this. We need more people talking about periods. And actually, 
I do think it's something we should be proud of. And I think we have to make it something we're, we're proud of because otherwise, yeah, okay, fair enough. It is something that women, it's normal for women to have, but we haven't normalised it, have we? We just haven't normalised it. Yeah, it's super hard to no, think what no. you said about, I... oh no, you go, Sam. No, you go, Eloise. I'll finish. I'll, 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 you go. You start, and I'll finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what I was just gonna. I was just gonna add to that. I think the more, whether it's you, or whether it's coaches, or whether it's friends, start like mentioning it and just talking. The easier it gets. Like especially that's, I guess, from my experience. Whether it's through learning my own learning, or whether it's actually like approaching, like talking to my coach, bringing it up myself, like. The more you do it, the more natural it is. And then they reciprocate as well, whether they're male, female, or whatever. And it's the same with friends. If you're if you're struggling with something because you're on your period or you're struggling about a thought around your period, the more you bring out, the more likely you'll get that back too. And I think that really helps normalizing it. It's that two-way conversation. And again, it's a bit like, I guess, the Emma, the Emma picture. Her putting it out there, again, is almost like a relief for people to hear that and accept that and reciprocate. And even it made me check how I would feel if that happened in a race. And I recently did a race and I was still on my period. And I just actually took it as a, you know what, who cares? This is me strong and healthy. And it's like we all joke about if you um, if you poo yourself, how that terrible weather you sort of feel like, well, actually, again, it's, <laughs> it is awful, but you're going to recover from it. It's not that bad. And anyway, it's natural. And I'm sure someone's done it before you. And like, we've all been there. And like, it's that same with the 51% of the population, especially in sport. Like, I'm sure there's a point where at least one of us have all competed on our periods, you know, it happens. And you can't, you can't plan your race season about it. You can't say you can't do it. You know, it's all, it's there. And I think the more we accept that and the more we put that out there to people and I think the more we will receive and hopefully that will change people's angles on it and scream across the room does anyone have a tampon really need it <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's I feel as though there needs to be like we could we could like start up this camp at like the campaign for confident periods like <laughs> and when you've got your periods just like you when you stand up and say I'm a feminist you like stand up wherever you are and say I am bleeding I from my tampon. vagina I am normal <laughs> I am bleeding from my vagina and I am normal. You know, so much of what we, so much of how we conduct ourselves, so much of what we do is based upon these exterior things we see. Oh, have I got gray hairs? Oh, are my eyebrows plucked? Oh, have I, am I a little bit more squishy in one place? But actually, you know what, as we've said, the sign that things are actually normal within ourselves is when we're having a period. So why not encourage people to like, talk about bleeding more it's just you know and what we've had you know whenever this podcast goes out but what we've had in the last two weeks is we've had Wimbledon allowing women to wear different colored undergarments whereas they've always had to wear white now women are finally allowed to wear whatever undergarments they want and I know that a lot of the conversations from athletes tennis players have been around their fear of when they've only been able to wear white of bleeding yeah. you know of having their period yeah. so that's been a massive news topic over the last couple of and it'll weeks. be interesting yeah. won't it to see like you can imagine can't you if you're if you're competing and you have to wear white I mean let's talk about sports day like we had to wear white on sports day I remember that oh, and and it yeah. is you know you're like oh god here we go you know we have to wear white yeah um but if you have to wear white 
and to compete and you're on your period how can you fully relax because you know yeah. the fact that we've just talked you about but you, you can't. can't can you because the fact that we just talked about that people will probably point fingers at you and let's face it no matter how much we can shrug it off and go well I'm human and this is this is normal because we are still pointing fingers it does make you feel shame it makes you feel like you've done something yeah. wrong and so this is what we've got to change and we've got to empower women to own it we have to i, I think you're right sab i reckon we should all have a have a sign that we put up have a yeah have a t-shirt <laughs> yeah. i love it have some white yeah. jeans with it on <laughs> like, yeah that's yeah. it that's it we wear white like honestly like i see a campaign now i see like you know blood plus vagina equals normal you know and our happy faces like on the t-shirt because it's just it's we have to talk about it more we have to campaign about it more we have to make our our children and our children's children not see this as something that can't be discussed that has to be discussed in these whispers mm. and 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 that it's not a pointy finger thing it's it's a normal thing and, and maybe i'm just being too woke is that the word somebody used but it's just it's you know yeah i am socially responsible thank you very yeah, much totally. but um but yeah that you know if if this podcast does anything it's just starting to reframe the conversations around what what it is okay to discuss and talk about and be proud of rather than to hold to hide in the shadows Definitely. you know yeah i think that's it i think i think it's that like just confidence in it and i think whether you want to scream about it or not i think it's the the inner confidence that it's normal and it's fine. Like sometimes I don't always scream about what I have for breakfast. Fuck, it's just normal, you know. <laughs> it's normal, but I also sometimes I do. You know, I'm like, yeah, I nailed that that yeah. outfit today. And I think that's <laughs> what it is. I think for us, it is it is that. Like, especially for women, it's sort of it's all part and parcel. And be confident in it. And as soon as we become, I guess, shy away from that, that's when you're going to have issues. One, it's going to be hard to talk about it. Two you're not going to realize the importance of having a period and sadly that's where I guess all the problems manifest and continue like a vicious cycle but but it is hard and it is I do see some change but the other days I see people taking a step backwards right so so it's definitely a conversation yeah. and we need to all of us men and women be open chatting about it and chat about like I remember once I started my period and I was wearing white jeans I was out for dinner and I was literally like F-U-C-K <laughs> but it's nothing happened yeah. there was no that nothing no one would have seen it I'd managed it but that like I did I think tell my partner at the time being like oh my god Christ you know like but that shouldn't fill you with massive dread yes okay it's it would be it would seem embarrassing and it would I would feel and shame about it but again it's the same as like these things happen and it is normal and it was three days early. I wouldn't have worn white jeans if it was if it was three days later, you know. And it's and that's I think yes, okay. I don't want that ever to happen. But also, it's sometimes it's just life, and that you can't, I guess, plan for that. And it's like anything, you can't plan for a lot of things that catch us out. I think we just no. I was gonna say, I think we just all need to embrace being human, right? Like yeah. humans have bodily functions that 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 that's yeah. it 
like that's it we fart we fart we fart we 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 might we might want to shit ourselves while we're doing an activity that you know you know we bleed yeah don't burn i bet all of us fart in public before as well whether that's you meant to or not (laughs) (laughs) go on admit it (laughs) yeah hell yeah all the time You just got to pray it doesn't smell. Oh, oh well. <laughs> or if you do, you turn around to your husband and children and say, how could you do that in a supermarket? Yeah. <laughs> Where's that dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. But it's true, it is, it is. We are human and we are only human in everything we do. Yeah, totally. So, guys, we're interested. We want to know what you think. This was episode one and we... I've started, like Sab said, on this absolute corker of a conversation. Um, But, you know, like with all podcasts, if you like our podcast, please, please, please do review us and tell us what you think and bring your questions to the table. Like we are here to answer them. Yeah, like we want to know. We want to know. And... And, you know, I know that when you hear those things at the end of podcast, you're like, you know what? I've just finished listening to it. I'm going to get on with my day now. But honestly, if anything within this conversation has resonated with you, whether you agree or disagree, like reviewers, raters, send us an email because, you know, without your feedback, we can't make it better. Like we have ideas, but ultimately it's you we care about. It's you that we want raving about this podcast. So drop us an email, whether it's on social or, or wherever we direct you to. But like, let us know what you think and what you want to hear. Like, we want to know. Yeah, and all feedback is welcome. Um, so yeah, I guess that closes out our first podcast and hopefully a few more bangers for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. I'm here for it. <laughs>